Hello, and welcome to An Unconventional Teacher. I'm your host, John Hinthorne. Our podcast explores the unconventional methods that make our classrooms and educators great. We hope to uncover why it is that the unconventional ways of yesterday are now becoming the conventional ways of today. We have a bunch of exciting ways to support our growing community of unapologetically unconventional educators. They all can be found in our show notes and on social media. Special thanks to those that are already following us, supporting us, and donating on a monthly basis. We could not do this without you. Our episode today that you do not want to miss is with Mary Quarty, a second, third grade combo teacher from Lakewood, Colorado. She inspired me so much while I was interviewing her, and she inspires my family as she's the teacher of my nephew. I love Mary's approach to teaching. She injects joy and peace and balance and experiential learning in a way that truly is inspirational to her students, to the families of her students, and to her community. She is a pillar in her community. We hope you enjoy this interview. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's begin. All right, welcome to another episode of An Unconventional Teacher. Today, we have another remarkable educator in front of us. I'm so glad you're here tuning in. We have a lot to learn from her. Her name is Mary Corti, and she works in Lakewood, Colorado, just outside of Denver uh, at an open school, the Jefferson County Open School. Um, My connection to Mary is that uh, she's teaching my nephew. And when I was talking with my sister, who is our webmaster and really just kind of my right hand person right now as we get this project going, she says, you have to talk to Mary. And I said, "Okay." And so, Mary, you're so gracious to be here. Thank you for being here. I'll let you do another little intro. We'll get to our three questions. Uh, We're just blessed to have you. Thank you for being here. Thank you, John. It's just really such an honor to be here and just having taught for 27 years in primary Um, and still loving my job every single day when I get to spend time with kids. I just love to talk. I'm an education geek. We're going to start in with our our first question, Mary. And our first question to everyone is, is what inspires you to teach? 27 years, you're still there. You have a bright smile right now. Nobody can see it, but I can see it um, because we're doing this over Zoom. What inspires you every day? Uh, 27 years, Mary, give give us a window in. Um, It's the kids. It's the kids. You you hop into the classroom every morning or you hop into a Zoom meeting with them right now because I've been virtual all year and you see endless possibilities for learning together sitting in front of you every single day and their minds are so rich. They have so much to share and every day they challenge my thinking like what i think i know about something is different every single day that i work with kids so it's the kids themselves their ideas their enthusiasm their boundless energy their perseverance and willing to tackle big ideas they are the reason i come every day i can't express that enough that being in the space with fellow thinkers, trying to grapple with ideas, I can't think of a better way to spend days of my life. That's beautiful. You've kind of taught a lot of things, haven't you, over these past 27 years? 
I have, though, mainly I've been K through three. That's been the main uh, area of focus for me has been primary. Thank you for that. I, if, if, if you're listening and you didn't get a jolt of energy off of that in, inspired uh, teacher, uh, why, right? Like, why do you teach? Um, I certainly am. And I've got a big smile on my face. We're going to jump right into our uh, podcast theme, Mary, and, and our podcast theme is obviously an unconventional teacher, right? So what makes you, from your perspective, an unconventional teacher? Well, um, in listening to previous people on your podcast, I mean, I think something that's interesting about me is that I was a business major and I had no idea that I was going to be a teacher and went to Peace Corps and didn't taught business actually things in um, Africa a million years ago in Botswana. And when I came back, I just realized that I wanted to be in the helping profession and I wanted to be with kids. And so for me, I think one of the things that makes me an unconventional educator is that I really was called to do this work. I, mm. I can't explain it any other way, except that mm. I feel like I was called to work with kids. I knew that this was something that I wanted to do. So I'm passionate about it. Every day of my life, I try to bring that passion with me. And I've been so lucky to come in, into this field through the back door. I had an alternative licensure and um, got to jump in right from day one with kids in the classroom and just learn from them how to be a teacher together mm. with them and mentors, huge mentors in my life, other teachers who are also unconventional teachers. I've always had the opportunity to teach multi-age. I've never given a letter grade in my entire life. Wow. Um, I want to pause you right there. You've never given a letter grade in your entire life. I have never given one. And I am so grateful for having been in spaces with kids where I could give authentic feedback to them. I could work side by side with them. But this idea of a letter grade wasn't the purpose for motivating us. It's the idea that learning and being a lifelong learner together and um, elevating and uncovering and inquiring and explaining and advocating and all of those things are our job as learners together and that I'm a learner alongside kids that mm -hmm. I am not the expert in the room any more than the students who are working alongside me that we are all on this journey of discovery together mm. and so just being in that place of wonder always with my students, I think that is a big part of what makes me an unconventional educator, just always taking on that stance of wonder alongside my students. Amazing. Absolutely wonderful. I, I wish I could be in your class. I'm going to have to talk to my nephew more about uh, about all these amazing things. Um, I also want to just kind of share one thing I learned from doing research on on your your pedagogy and and just sort of you as a human is you don't own a cell phone. Is that true? That's true. Okay. Actually, which was sort of the irony of being an older teacher and ending up being a virtual um, educator and virtual. Uh, 
teacher this year, an advisor, and a member of a virtual community every day. Um, and the, and again, we have learned side by side. It's amazing what we have figured out how to do in this virtual world, the kids and I. So just this week, they're inviting all of the other classes to a virtual community celebration on Thursday and they're creating slides and they're uh, putting together things that they wanna share with the community about things they've been learning this year. And when they were all getting in and working on slides and figuring this out and deciding what they wanted to present at this meeting this week, I just, I just was so proud of how far we've come together. I'm not nice. even sure I knew what a Google slide really was. Sure, right. Um, last year at this <laughs> time. And now I am, I, along with the kids, like we've all become experts on this because I am typically so committed to young children manipulating real objects in the real world. Right. And so I'm really careful about the use of technology in in-person teaching with young children and wow uh someone who was formerly so philosophically and pedagogically uh very very careful about the use of technology now i live in this world with these kids and i will still be a careful user of it when i come back to in-person mm -hmm. learning and wow i have so many new tools to use right. together with kids so right. what a blessing that's how I feel. Yes, it's amazing. We our tool belt, so to speak, right? We, as, as educators, if you're if you're listening and you're and you're not really an educator, you're a parent or you're a student. We talk about our tool belt, right? In in professions and teachers, we we tend to do this that we have you know this technique works or this project really works or this way of greeting our students or saying goodbye and those are our tools, so to speak, as as teachers. And a lot of them are are amorphous. You can't see them, right? They're they're sort of methods. Um, so, so wonderful. You now have uh, added to your, your tool belt. Um, I didn't hear you adverse to it or, or against it or maybe afraid of it, but I like the word that you said you, you're careful. You're very careful about how you use technology. And I want that message to, um, to resonate before we move to our third question. Our third question is a story. So Mary, would you mind sharing us uh, a story, a specific student story that illustrates how important it is to take these risks that we're hearing you talk about, trying new things, thinking out that side, outside of that proverbial box. Um, let's hear a story here, Mary. So the one that's just popping into my head right now is um, a little guy that I had and I taught him for three years because I'm very lucky to be a multi-age teacher. And this little guy had experienced a lot of trauma in his life and we'd done so much work together and come so far. Um, and in the end of the third grade year, students, um, when we're not in the middle of COVID, have the opportunity to take an overnight trip. Uh, mm. It's beautiful. We go up to Rocky Mountain National Park. We stay at the YMCA up there. It's sort of this beautiful gathering and end point of their three-year experience in the class. And also we do a lot of study during that time of the natural environment in Colorado. I mean, what a great place to teach. So beautiful. it's sort of this culminating event and this little guy 
Um, I know his trauma. We really work hard not to bring any parents with us. Uh, we really want this to be a chance for students to stand on their own two feet and be there with the teachers that have taught them for three years. Mm-hmm. And sort of two days before we were going to go on this trip, and I really felt like he had earned it, um, this little guy had a huge episode and uh, took out several kids in line, knocked them over, big, big uh, breakdown. Anger-induced. Yeah, so mm-hmm. sort of that that kind of those things that we thought we'd worked through really arose again in this huge way. And then as an educator, you know, do you take the risk to bring this student? Do you bring this student who now put other kids in physical danger right before the trip, but you have a three-year history with this kid and you know that this experience of being accepted and coming could be life-changing for this little kiddo. So you take the risk and you work with the students that were hurt by this student and you do the peacemaking and you work with the parent community because the parents of those students are also concerned. Right. And then you take a risk and you bring that student because it's the right thing to do for the student. And you also, you know, call on resources and suddenly ask the school social worker to come along. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But you don't want to bring the parent because you actually want that student to experience that success of having done this trip. And having that sense of belonging to a community that can give that trust. And so that was a huge risk. And that little guy did great. And that little guy is now a big guy in uh, eighth grade. And I I see that student and we connect every time. And I just think if I hadn't taken the risk to bring him, and it was a big episode, Mm-hmm. But if I didn't take that risk and I just sort of followed protocol and didn't work really hard to bring them along, um, I, what a missed opportunity that would be. So not missing opportunities with kids to help them grow as human beings, to feel trusted and loved, and that they can they can do these things. They have mm-hmm. capacity and mm-hmm. we can trust them to get there. I love that. Yeah, the, there was a consequence, but he also was able to learn from it. And uh, now it sounds like you still have a, a developing relationship with them, which is which is a beautiful yeah, thing. Yeah, abs- absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of work to set it up in ways that like, if something happens, then this is gonna have to happen on the trip. And right. this is, these are the check-ins to make it work. And and these this is all the work you have to do now to be able to go, but not just cutting them off. Mm-hmm. Um, that would have been a, an easier thing to do. And certainly there was precedent that I could have done that. But taking mm-hmm. the risk on that kid, because that's what he needed. Mm-hmm. I think that's just one of many things that pops to mind. Thank you so much for your time. This is our short podcast. We have three quick questions. Um, it was so nice to meet you and uh, and, and, get in, and get in touch with an educator that doesn't own a cell phone but now is uh, asked to be on a Zoom call using Google Slides and the myriad of technology, education technology in front of us. Um, it, it is so refreshing to know you're out there and, and to know that you're teaching my nephew and that he's getting such a beautiful year of education um, on a personal level. Um, I hope you have a wonderful day and, and I hope we stay in touch 
Thank you so much for coming on our show. Thank you, John. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of An Unconventional Teacher. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed producing it. This is a project to pay it forward to the teachers and educators out there seeking something different. If you are or have someone in your world that is an unconventional teacher, please send their name to anunconventionalteacher at gmail.com and we can work to get them on this show. Also, please join us on Instagram and Twitter at an unconventional teacher and be a part of our growing movement to embrace the different. As I tell each and every one of my classes I teach at the end of our time together, vive como si fuera su último día. Live like it were your last day. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time.